Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church this morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to those who are joining us online today. Great that you're with us. Leave us a comment, thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Uh, comments can be left there too. It's um, great that you can do that. And uh, yeah, it's good to be in God's house today. Welcome, welcome, welcome into God's house, into our time to come together and to worship God, to come before our God, our, our Lord, our Savior, and to worship Him with all that is within us today. Are you glad to be in church today? So the people who are in the building today are glad to be here. What about the people who are joining us online? I hope that you're glad to be with us today as well. So good to be here. And let's just pray before we worship God. We're going to worship him today. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the one who is worthy of all of our praise. Is, is, he, is he the love of your life today? Interesting question, isn't it? Is God the love of your life today? You know, I just kind of think we come into his presence so often and maybe sometimes all that God wants to just hear is, I love you, I love you, Father. And Father, as we come into your presence today, we want to just say that we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, our heavenly Father. Jesus, we love you for what you have done. We love you because of who you are. Holy Spirit, we love the fact that you live in our lives that you move upon us, that you move in us, and that you do incredible things. Father, we don't know where we would be without you, and we are so glad that you live inside of us. And Father, my prayer today for anyone who does not know you as Lord and Savior, Father, that today might be a day where they give their hearts to you. Father, where they surrender to you. Father, where they acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus died for our sins, that he rose again in the third day, and that forgiveness is found in him. Father, we, we just praise you today. We worship you. And Father, we just ask, Lord, we ask that every thought that comes into our mind today, which would distract us from worshiping you or listening to you, Father, we pray that every thought would be banished from our mind. Father, we just want to focus solely on you today. And so, Father, we just ask that you would move in our hearts as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.
hearts cry, we say amen to these things. Father, we ask that in the words of the bridge of this song that the lost will come home. Father, we pray over those who used to be part of this church but no longer come. Father, we don't know maybe where some people are spiritually in their journey with you. But Father, we pray that you would bring them back home because Father, this is their spiritual home. And Lord, we pray that they would come back to their spiritual home. Father, that the bound will go free. Father, we pray like Jesus said in Isaiah 61 when he opened the scroll and quoted from the scriptures that very portion that he would set the captives free. Father, those who are bound by uh, chains of guilt, chains of fear, chains of addiction, Father, we pray that you would set the captive free. Father, that there'd be freedom in your house. Father, that the weak will be strong, that the broken will be redeemed. Oh, Lord, that you would come and that you would strengthen us. Father, that you would empower us. Father, that you would fill us, that there'd be an infusion of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, that we might know without a shadow of a doubt that you're with us and that we are called the children of God. Oh, Father, that you would come and do a new thing in us, do a new thing at the very core of our being, the very core of who we are. Father, do a new thing. The morning will dance. Oh, Father, we pray over those who grieve and those who mourn in our fellowship. Father, that you would restore the joy. Father, that you would restore and bring to a time of rejoicing. Father, we know that it's difficult when we lose people. And Father, we grieve. We know what it is to grieve as a church. And Father, we ask that you would turn our mourning into dancing. Oh, Lord, that you would come. Father, that it would just be something of your spirit, something from heaven that would touch our hearts. Even today, Father, Lord, that you would turn our mourning into dancing, that the blind will see. Father, we pray for the miraculous. Father, we pray that the blind would see physically, but also spiritually. Father, those who the enemy has blinded to the word, blinded to the truth. Father, blinded to the gospel. Father, that you would open up blind eyes to see that the church will arise with power and love. Father, we pray that there'd be an infusion of power in your church, not just this church, but the church in this nation of ours. Father, this nation that we love, we pray that there'd be an infusion of power into the church. Oh, Father, that there'd be a newness of life comes into our, 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 our everyday walk with you. Father, our every gathering, whether it's in a small group or church gathered, Father, wherever it might be, Lord, we pray that there'd be an infusion of power that our cities will know the glory of God. The future is bright. There's nothing to fear. Revival is now. The kingdom is here. Father, we thank you that although Jesus has went into heaven to be with you, that he sent the Holy Spirit and that you are in this world working and moving. And Father, we pray for an increased ability to see what you're doing. Father, that we would yield ourselves and surrender ourselves so that we might be part of what you're doing in this world. Father, we pray that there'd be something of your spirit that would move upon this church, upon our lives, and across the church in this area of West Lothian, across our nation, Father, that there'd be a, a, a real sound of revival in your church, Father. Lord, I know that it's not just us that you're speaking to about things like this. 
Father, you're speaking to other churches about this as well. And Father, I'm excited that you are moving and that you are speaking into your church in these difficult days, Father, these worst of times. But Father, there's a sense in which there's good things happening nonetheless because, Father, you bring good even out of bad circumstances. Father, your word says that all things work together for good to those who love you and who are called according to your purposes. And Father, may we rise up into the calling which you've put upon us. Father, even for people who are gathered online today, people who gathered in the building today, Father, we pray for a revival of your call on our lives. Father, that which you've spoken, and maybe it's become dormant, maybe it has become uh, uh, something that's almost redundant in our lives because we have not thought about it, we've not uh, meditated on it for, for many years. But Father, we pray for a revival of your call on our lives. And Father, we pray that your spirit would stir us up. Father, to have greater expectancy. Father, that you would stir up faith within us. And so, Father, we pray. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Father, we're looking for you to do some new things. We're looking for you to do some new things, Father. And Father, we know, <laughs> we know that there's nothing new under the sun. Father, there's nothing that you've not done before, in a sense. But Father, we pray that you would do it here and that you would do it in us. Father, we give ourselves to you today. Father, I give myself to you today, yielded to you yielded to your spirit, yielded to your power. And Father, I ask that you would come. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come. Come and move in our hearts as we open up the word in just a little minute or two. Father, we pray that you would speak through your word. Holy Spirit, take it and bring revelation through your word. Bring understanding through your word. Father, I pray for such a conviction of the Holy Spirit to come upon us as we read your word, as we listen to your word, as we meditate on your word. Lord, lead us and guide us and minister into this congregation, we pray. Today, Father, whether we're in the building, whether we're online, Father, maybe for some people who will listen to this message after it's been broadcast live, maybe for some people weeks or months after it's been broadcast live. Father, I pray that there'll be something of your spirit that would touch every person that listens to this service today. Father, we pray that you continue to open these things up into our understanding. Lead us on. In Jesus' name we ask. Thank you, Lord. something that I feel that God is impressing on my heart. I just keep seeing the pictures of people in my head and I feel that God is wanting to encourage people and I, I know this, I know this in my head it's not just something that's revealed by the Spirit in the moment, I know this in my head but I, I feel God wants to encourage uh, some of you who are mothers in this place today or maybe even online some of you who are mothers and you've been praying and you've been praying and you've been praying and you're looking for God to do something in the lives of your children and I just feel that God is saying he has heard your cry he knows, he understands keep persevering keep pushing and keep praying keep seeking him and just hold on to what he has promised you 
And if you're needing a word from God, I, I pray, my prayer is that you press into God and that you listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal into your heart in the, in the quiet moments. God has seen, God has heard, God has felt your pain. He has, he has felt the tears that have flowed down your cheeks as you have prayed. God understands and God knows. Keep pressing in, keep praying, keep holding on, keep believing. And Father, I pray for breakthroughs. Lord, I prayed at the start of my prayer about uh, the lost coming home. Father, we pray that you would fill this house with lost people who have come home, who have found a home, who have found Jesus. Father, we pray that you bring them home. Father, that you bring home the prodigals. Father, that you bring home the older brothers. Father, we pray that you bring home people who have never known you, who at this point in time do not have a relationship with you. Father, that you bring them home and that they would find a family. Because, Father, your word says that you place lonely people in families. You place the lost in families. And, Father, may this be a family for lost people. May this be a family for lost people. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you that you're here. And Lord, we pray that as we continue in this service, Lord, we pray that everything within us would be open to what you want to say. Father, that our spiritual eyes and ears would be open to just grasp something of what you want to say to the church, to this church, but Father, also to the church more broadly, wider. Father, lead us and guide us, we pray. Father, I just pray that you would open up our hearts to help us to hear what you want to say to us. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, just some things that we need to to do in terms of announcements. Um, we need to do the photo for the track and trace, etc all that stuff, uh, which I'm going to do right now and just get that out of the way first.
smiling, happy faces. Not that I would know you're hidden under a mask. Um, just to remind people that we do have prayer on Monday at 9.30 on Zoom. If you don't have the link for that and you want it, just drop me a, a message somehow and we'll get that to you. Uh, on Wednesday night, we'll be continuing our sessions on uh, the prophetic as well as praying together. And this week, we'll look at prophetic ministry in the church. That's going to be the, the theme that uh, Clem will talk about. Now, I, I, I want to show a video. It's, it's rather long. It's seven minutes. And just to preface this, um, it's from Open Doors. Uh, we got an email from Mark just during the week, uh, Mark Hind, who works for Open Doors. Some of you will know Mark. And uh, really, it's about raising awareness about what's happening to the church in India. Now, there's a lady going to share her story. And, and just for the sake of the kids, uh, just so that you're aware, some of the things that she talks about are quite uh, difficult to listen to. So for those who've got young families here today, I just preface that so that you're aware, you know, if you wanted to take them into the lounge, turn the volume down the TV, that's okay. Um, that, that option's there uh, for those with young family today. It's not horrendously graphic or anything like that, but it is, it's very difficult to listen to. Um, so we're going to watch that video, and then I'll just talk a wee bit about that off the back of the video. So let's run that video, please, Lindsay. Good morning, friends. I want to share with you one of the most exciting and also one of the most significant strategies that Open Doors have embarked upon in recent years. And it relates to what's happening in the land of India. Many of you will know that India, the world's largest democracy, is now number 10 on the Open Doors World Watch List, ahead of countries like Iraq and Syria. And I want to tell you today about the launch of an upcoming campaign that we would love for you to become involved in. Before I do that, I'd like to show a video sharing the story of our sister Venita, one of many thousands of brothers and sisters who are finding that following Jesus in India is becoming increasingly costly. Here's her story. When they snatched my baby daughter from my arms, I felt as if our lives would not be spared that day. I remember they were armed with rods and they used those to hit us. They hit our pastor's wife's leg so badly that it broke her foot. They fractured her hand as well. That night, for almost half an hour, they kept hitting us and beating us. They smashed up everything in the house. While they were beating me, I was holding my six-month-old daughter, but they snatched her from me and threw her on the floor, injuring her leg. As I was running, they were chasing behind, beating me and trying to catch me. My life was saved as I ran into my neighbor's house and was protected. Otherwise, surely, they would have beaten me to death. When we were admitted in the hospital, we could not receive any treatment because of pressure from the attackers. For three days, we received no treatment. 
I prayed every day because our pastor's wife's condition was so serious. If it had not been for the timely help provided by your ministry partners, my pastor's wife would have died. She was in need of urgent care due to her serious condition. Before Jesus left with this world and his body, he said, Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. And from this verse, I have learned to forgive my enemies. What's happening to our church family on the ground in India is shocking and Open Doors believes that now is the time for God's people all over Scotland to shout out and let the world know. Our partners on the ground are saying do what you need to do and say what you need to say. The situation is deteriorating and it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say that the church in India is facing an existential threat. And so in response to that plea, Open Doors are about to launch a campaign called Impact India. And the aim of this campaign is to change the ending of the story that the extremists are hoping to write. To show our Indian church family that we are standing with them, affirming God's promise that the church will not be destroyed. And that not only will it survive, but it will remain salt and light to the whole of India. And so my question today to you is, are you willing would you please be willing to get involved because if enough of us are willing to do something then we believe that we can make a really significant difference for our brothers and sisters and so there's lots of things that we're planning for this campaign but today I just simply want to ask you three things that you might be willing to do to make a difference the first is will you share on the 1st of July Open Doors are releasing a shocking and devastating report called destructive lies. We've created this report in partnership with the London School of Economics and it's a report about what's actually happening on the ground in India and the lead recommendation of this report is that Open Doors are calling on nations, on governments, on the United Nations to convene an international fact-finding mission to investigate what's actually happening on the ground in India. We want the world to know what is happening. Uh, so we're setting our sights high and for this to carry weight we need as many MPs at this launch as possible. So my first question is would you be willing to invite your MP to the launch? We, we plan to make that easy for you. There's a tool on the Open Doors website you can go there directly or you can use the QR code and the link that are on, on your screen and there you'll be able to put in your postcode and send an email that we've pre prepared for you to your MP to invite them along. If we can get as many there as possible, it will carry more impact. Second thing we're calling on the church to do, we're asking if you will pray, commit to praying through the month of July. We want July to be a month of prayer for our church family in India and we're launching that month of prayer with an, a special online prayer webinar on the 1st of July. I'd love to invite you along. You can register again, go to the Open Doors website 
or using that link and the QR code or, or the link on your screen, go to the bottom, you can register there. Uh, just thinking about how powerful an evening that's going to be as we join together to stand with our Indian church family and pray for them. And then we're hoping to, well, we are providing you with a prayer diary that you can get on the website or if you're already subscribed to the Open Doors Prayer Diary, then you can receive that and that will help you to know what to pray for each day. Thirdly and finally, uh, maybe you would be willing to help with, uh, we're launching a fundraising initiative called Walk With Them. Encouraging people to get sponsored to do walks of different lengths and pray as you walk, maybe as an individual or as a group, you might be willing to do something like that to raise the much-needed practical support that we're hoping to send to our Indian brothers and sisters. There's so many other things we're planning. Time won't allow me to share those things. But what a blessing it would be if you're willing to do one or more of those things. Imagine if every person watching just did something, what an impact we could make together. An impact that would strengthen and encourage the church in India so that lives can continue for generations to be transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever you do to help with this campaign, I'd just like to say a huge thank you. May God bless you. Take care. So we want to be part of uh, what Mark is talking about. Um, I will send an email out with all the information which has been passed to me just so that you have that and you can act on that as well. I encourage you to write to your MP. Uh, you know, you can maybe do that. If you're not used to all the technology, you don't use technology, that's fine. I'll, I'll happily help out. Um, if you need a hand, just give me a shout. Um, but we want to be involved in that. We've not had the chance to discuss this yet as a leadership, but we, we do want to kind of try and do something to support practically, financially. Um, so, you know, if anybody feels that the Lord's leading them to, to do something, that's, you know, great. You just fire on ahead and do that. Um, and we will talk a wee bit more about this um, over the next uh, week or so and see what we can do to help practically our brothers and sisters in the church there. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to turn to God's word in just a little second. Um, I'm going to pray and then we're going to read scripture. We're going to go to First Thessalonians chapter 1. And we'll read the, full, the whole of that chapter, 1 to 10. Um, and then I'm just going to share a few thoughts. I know time's marching on, um, but we'll share a few thoughts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you want to speak to us. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us to listen. Lord, may we be totally open to what you want to say. And Lord, as we open up your word to First Thessalonians, Lord, we pray that our hearts would be receptive to what you want to say to us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Good to see everyone. Um, it'd be really nice if I could see your smiling faces. Uh, so remember, you know, I'm maybe feeling a bit insecure, but I need to have the big body language. So feel free to say amen or encourage with some, some way, you know, um, that'd be really helpful for me. But let's read First Thessalonians chapter 1. And just as, as I introduce this, I, I've been wanting to share... Uh, from this passage of scripture for a while now. Um, it's been in my mind for probably a few months now. Uh, sh shall I, shall I not? I've I, I not felt re really felt that I was led to do it until now. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to look at this uh, first letter of Paul and Silas and Timothy to the church in Thessalonica. So that's where we're going to be going over the next few weeks and just taking a chapter a week and pulling something out of that chapter, which I feel God is maybe saying to us, as individuals or as the church. So let's read. 
Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God and the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. And then he goes on to say, we always thank God for all of you. Mentioning you in our prayers, we continually remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. What an incredible passage of Scripture. An incredible passage. And, and one of the things I want to focus on on this passage today is where Paul talks about them being a model church. A model church. This church, this church in Thessalonica was born out of the ministry of Paul and Silas. We read about that in Acts chapter 17. And it says some of them, it's talking about Jews, Paul and Silas had pitched up in Thessalonica. They went into the synagogue over three Sundays and they basically opened up the scriptures and began to convince the people in the synagogue of the truth that Jesus is Christ. They proved that from the Old Testament scriptures. None of the New Testament was written at this point. In fact, 1 Thessalonians was probably one of the first books of the New Testament to be written, written when Paul was at Corinth. And it says here that some of them, in talking about the Jews, were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. When they ministered from the Old Testament and began to explain about Jesus, some of the Jews believed, many of the, the kind of Greek Jews, if you like, uh, proselytes, were, were converted, and, and some prominent women in the town as well. And as I read this, as I read this passage again, I was just reading down through this, the, the passage and I came to this thing about them being a model church. And something just gripped me as I read that. And it made me think about what Alan uh, said in our church a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember this. When he was prophesying, he said about the church here, I have chosen you to be a prototype church, says the Lord, that you can model what I do to other fellowships. That's a powerful thing to say. I don't know if you have allowed those words to impact you uh, as you think about them. I want you to be a prototype church. I've chosen you, sorry, to be a prototype church that you can model what I do to other fellowships. A prototype is something that's first in its class. I don't know about you, I was driving down the M8 and this flashy Jaguar went past me 
Uh, most cars do pass me. I used to have a Mark II Escort, and even the lorries used to pass me when I was in the crawler lane. Um, and uh, this, this Jaguar passed me, and I thought, wow, it just looks stunning, you know, so sleek. And I, I, said, to, uh, I said to Josh, it looks like one of those concept cars from years ago, and, and now it's coming to being a concept car, a prototype. And I think that's what we're talking about here, something that happens first. And it really resonated within my spirit as I read that. And as I thought about Isaiah 43, 18, 19, about God wanting to do a new thing. But like every prophecy, if God has given you a prophecy through the prophetic gift, you can press into it prayerfully or you can ignore it. We have a choice. When God says something into our lives, we always have the choice as to what we do with that. Let me borrow a verse from the end of 1 Thessalonians. It's in chapter 5. It says this, do not quench the Spirit. And what it's saying is that there can be this fire of God that starts to bubble up within you, and you can put the fire extinguisher on it and just drown it out and put the fire back down and go, that was a bit close. God nearly did something in my life there that might have been quite scary. And we go, and we pour the water onto it and we quench what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do. And we can do that with prophecies. It says in verse 20, do not despise prophecies. We're not to treat them with contempt, but test all things and hold fast to what is good. And when Alan shared this prophetic word into the life of the church, there were so many things within me that it was like the Holy Spirit had already began to say some of these things just in the time that I spend with God. And when he began to say these things, many of the things which he spoke about, they were finding a resting place in my spirit. But I was, I was challenged by this. And I'm thinking if we're going to be a prototype church, we need to be a prototype people. Not a prototype pastor. Not prototype leaders, but a prototype people. And that's what I felt God was saying as I read First Thessalonians, was to challenge the church, and I know that time is marching on, and I've really only got to my introduction, but First Thessalonians 1.7 says this, and so, and so, you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia. That word there, model, is, is like a, a, a dye. You know how you make a, a mold and you make other things from the mold? It's like that. It's like something is struck. It's like there's, there's a, 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 an imprint made. And I kind of thought, how, how, do we, how do we illustrate this? I've talked about plasticine a few times in the life of the church recently. Imagine this is your life. Du, 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 du. For those who are old enough to remember it. <laughs> Imagine this is your life, and God wants to do something in your life that brings the imprint of who he is into your life so that when other people see you, they go, wow, there's a model of what I want to be like. And I thought about this. Have you ever played with plasticine? Not for a while, some people. <laughs> but I'm going to do this, and I'm going to end up getting my hands all mucky. Um, but in order to do something with plasticine, it needs to be soft. It needs to be moldable. It needs to be warm. 
And there's something about plasticine when you handle it. Usually when I'm sitting in my office, it's my wee bit of blue tack. And before you know it, I've been playing with it so long, it ends up sticking to my fingers and I can't get it off. But if you think about this, if we remain cold in our relationship to God, if we remain hardened in our relationship to God, God can't bring those impressions of who he is into your life. Now, I don't have a signet ring, but if I take my ring and press it into the plasticine, I know you can't see that. I don't even know if the camera can see that. But the imprint of my ring is now in the plasticine. And I think that's what God is saying, that he wants to make his imprint in our lives. He wants to leave his mark in our lives so that we become a model of who he wants us to be. And it says, and so. And so. And when something in the Bible says, and so, and so you'll become a model, we need to understand what came before the and so. And that's where I want us to focus just a little bit today. I want us to focus a little bit on being examples. I just need to switch my clicker on. So that's the passage that we read. The question I'm going to ask is, are you a model Christian? There's a question. There's a question and a half. Are you a model Christian? There's a challenging question. Are you a model Christian? Can people see Jesus in you? And does your faith come out in what you say and what you do? And are you putting God's word into practice in your life every day? Are you a model Christian? And if you're sitting thinking, I don't know. Or if you're sitting thinking, probably not. Because there are times in my life as a Christian where I can say 100% I was not a model Christian. There are moments in our lives where we are not a model Christian. But God, through his spirit and through his grace, is continuing to work in us. And I was just thinking about this. You may not be perfect, but are you being perfected? You may not be perfect, but are you being perfected? This is what the Bible says. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. But whoever keeps his word... Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. How can we keep God's word if God doesn't reveal it to us? How can God reveal it to us if we don't read it prayerfully? And how can we know what God is saying unless we take that time to meditate on what he is saying? First John chapter 4, verse 12 says this, If we love one another, God abides, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. This is a challenge. Is the love of God being perfected in us as we live in him, as we remain connected to him? And I want to say a few things no matter where we're at in our spiritual journey, no matter what we do, no matter what our role is in the church. And I want to start with a word for leaders. And we'll think more about that as we go on in this series in the book of Thessalonians. 
Listen to what 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 says. It's on the screen. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. And there are three things that I see in here other than the word of God coming, which is important. Remember Paul, Silas, they're in the synagogue over three Sabbaths, reasoning with the Jewish people and all those who were present from Scripture that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Son of God who died for our sin, who was raised on the third day, and who sent the Holy Spirit and birthed the church. But there are three things that we see in relation to this. Power. And I'm challenged by this. Does the message that we share have power? The Holy Spirit was involved in the delivery of the word, bringing life to the speaker and to the hearer alike. And then the last thing that I see here is that there was deep conviction. And this is one of the things which I feel that, the God, that God wants to say to us. There needs to be that deep conviction. If there is no deep conviction, there is no change in our lives. Sometimes, sometimes I, I get up on a Sunday and I preach and I come away after the Sunday thinking, I wonder if actually anybody was listening And there are some times where you share things and you talk about them, and it's not until later when another visiting preacher comes and says the same things, they go, oh, wow. And I'm like, I, but I spoke about that three months ago. And sometimes I wonder, actually, is this a part of the service to be endured, or is it a part of the service where we encounter the living God? You see, the power isn't in me. The power isn't in my voice. The power is in the Word, and the power is in the Holy Spirit who brings the conviction of that Word, not only in its delivery, but in its reception as well. If the Word of God isn't changing us, what are we doing? If the Word of God isn't changing our lives, what in the world are we as Christians doing? Paul was able to say, you became imitators of us and the Lord. I remember asking a question when I was speaking months and months ago, and I said, is anybody in here, does anybody in here feel that they can say, look to me as a Christian? And everybody got really shy and really humble, and they said, mm, don't know. But the reality is, that people should be able to look at us and see a, an example of a Christian and say, that's how I want to live my life. That's the type of person that I want to become. Because we demonstrate in our lives the love of God, the grace of God. We demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I think I missed that one out. Did I miss something? Can people see Jesus in us? Are we model Christians? Because until we become model Christians, we don't become a model church. And God is speaking to every single one of us. 
word to the congregation. It says of those believers, some who were Jewish, some who were Greek, some who were prominent women, that they welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. They welcomed the message with joy. I hate the fact that everybody has to wear masks because I don't see if you're welcoming the message with joy or not. It's like, hurry up and finish. (laughs) Sometimes that's what the masks do. It's like, hurry up and finish. Do we receive the word with joy? When we read the word and God speaks to us through it, do we receive it with joy into our lives? The word brings conviction in our lives. I don't know about you, but I know what it's like to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, especially in the times when you mess up. And as soon as you do it, you're like, oh, oops, I did it again. Do we welcome the word when we hear it in sermons? Do we welcome it with joy? Or do we, my friend Peter Cochran used to say this, when I started off on my ministry journey, he said, in the first year, uh, what was it? Uh, the first year you'll be idolized. In the second year, you'll be scrutinized. In the third year, you'll be pulverized. And then the cycle will just keep going after that. And sometimes I wonder, because I've sat in the congregation as well, are we scrutinizing the word? Are we scrutinizing the preacher? Are we looking to see if he's got his shirt buttoned up the right way? Or has he got a hair out of place? Are we scrutinizing what's happening? Are we scrutinizing all these things? Or are we allowing the Word of God to scrutinize us? Because until we get to a place where we want the Word of God to scrutinize our lives, then we will not change. It will be like a hard piece of plasticine that can't be molded, cold to the things of God. Sometimes we can become over-familiar with the message. Sometimes we can be hearers and not doers. Sometimes we can be better at hearing on behalf of somebody else than we can for ourselves. Well, listening to the preacher preaching, I know because I've sat in the congregation and done this and thinking, I hope such and such has listened to this message because that's really for them. And the Holy Spirit's saying, it's for you. Listen to it. And it's, but it's only as we allow God to scrutinize us, as we allow the Spirit to scrutinize our thought life, all these things that we become changed. And it's only as we're changed on the inside by the Word that we will become who God wants us to be. And it's this transformation we were chatting about that just at the start of the service. It's the transformation in our lives that speaks volumes to us, to others, but also, remember this, to the spiritual powers. The church is a declaration in this world to spiritual forces that a lot of the times we're not even aware of, especially in a Western, secular, humanistic culture that denies there's a spiritual world, that rationalizes everything away, but some things can't be explained rationally. There is no rational explanation. And we need to allow ourselves to be that declaration to the spiritual forces, heavenly forces, 
demonic forces. And if your life as a Christian does not look different today than it did to this day a year ago, then ask the question, why? Why have I not changed? Why am I not growing? Why are the old habits that I'm still wrestling with still there? Why aren't we changing? If your Christian life is not on a trajectory of growth, then it's either at best stagnant and staying still, or at worst, it's on the way back. And so many Christians, they keep going back, they keep going back, they keep going back. But not these Christians. It says, and so, and so, these things in your life cause them to become a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Do you know, as I was going through my devotions this week, I came across this. I'm using Nicky Gumbel's going through the Bible in a year thing. That's what I'm using just now. This, this, this is what he said. This should be our prayer. Uh, sorry, to be a church worthy of imitation. When the, where, sorry, where the gospel rings out, not only in our own local area, but everywhere. The aim is not empire building, but gospel spreading. Paul does not commend the Thessalonians for the size of the church. We don't know how big it was. Instead, he commends them, you're the message. Do you know something? I can put my hand on my heart and say this before God. I am not interested in building an empire. As the leader of this church, I am not interested in building an empire. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less about empires. What I care about is the kingdom of God come and his will being done in us, in our church, and in our community, and in the communities that surround us as well. I am not interested in the, the whole stuff that goes on with human thinking, all that stuff, it can be such a distraction in the church. It goes on to say in this passage, in verse 8, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. Known everywhere. Are we a model church? Are we model Christians? And what's underneath all of this? There are three things that I see, and I know my time's gone. There's a, a trinity of sorts in here, and I will touch on it. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. When we see Paul talk about this, and he says, we continually, I think I have another slide here. Uh, maybe I don't. Um, we continually remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul talks about these things, faith, hope, and love, later on in 1 Thessalonians 5.8. He also talks about it in Colossians 1.15. And he also quotes, uh, he talks about it, and I'm going to quote it, in 1 Corinthians 13.13. 13. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Without faith, we can't please God. Without love, 
we don't have God in our lives because God is love. And without hope, we've lost sight of who God is and what he wants to do in our lives. Works that are produced by faith. What is your faith producing? What works is your faith producing today? Are you passionate for serving God? Listen to what Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the labor of love, that love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. God sees everything. God is not unjust. God never forgets. In verse 9, we go on to read that we're serving the living and true God. How passionate are we for serving God? And then he talks about the, the endurance inspired by hope. Endurance inspired by hope. Waiting with expectation. As we wait on the sun from heaven. I don't know if you've noticed this when you read First Thessalonians, that first book. As it was written, it would have probably been written as one piece of script. And later on, it was divided out into chapters and then down into verses. And maybe it's a coincidence, but at the end of each chapter, Paul refers to the second coming of Christ. He talks about waiting with hope and rescued from wrath. In the second chapter, verse 19, he talks about how the Thessalonians are the hope, joy, and crown of Paul, Silas, and Timothy when he comes 3.13, blameless when the Lord comes. And one of my favorite passages, 1 Thessalonians 4:13 to 18, where it talks about the resurrection of the dead and what will happen when the Lord returns, how the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive will be caught up together to meet him in the air, and so we will be together with God and with those who have went before us. Isn't that incredible? And then in verse 5, he talks about his, us being blameless at his coming. If the Lord returned right now, would you be ready to meet him? Would you be ready? Because that's what the New Testament encourages us to do. The disciples were all caught up with time. When's it going to be? What's going to be the sign of your coming? Jesus said, watch out that you're not deceived. But he says it's not given to you no the time, but he did say you need to watch. You need to watch how you live your life. Are you living your life as a model Christian? Are you a model Christian? These things that we've spoken about, you will find woven all the way throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament alike. And most importantly, Jesus affirmed this teaching. And it's these things in action, not words, because we can all talk a good game. We can all talk the talk, but it's not until we begin to walk the walk that we become model Christians, that we become a model church. So when God says to our church, through a prophetic word, not so long ago, I have chosen you to be a prototype church, says the Lord, that you can model what I do to other fellowships. God wants to make his mark in our lives. 
God wants to leave his mark in our church, this church, amongst this group of people here. But we need to realize that it doesn't just happen. It happens when we are yielded to him, when we are surrendered to him, when we say, I give up. You're the boss. You're the boss. He's the boss. (laughs) Come into the situation. Come into my life. Come into this thing that I've been praying about. Come into our community. Come into my workplace where I'm, I'm struggling with that person or I'm struggling with this expectation or I'm struggling with this temptation or that thought. When you're challenged over your honesty in the workplace and you have the chance to do something that might make life easier but it wouldn't make it right. I remember being in that situation. I'm not going into all the details, but it wasn't in the church. When we have the opportunity to do the right thing, and it's as we are transformed, what does Romans say? We're transformed through the Word of God, through the Spirit revealing it to us, and then we are transformed as the Holy Spirit communicates something to our spirits. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. We change the way that we think, and when we change the way that we think, there's something happens inside of us that changes the way we speak, changes the way we use our resources, changes the way we approach everything in life. As we are transformed by God, through the Spirit. We do need to finish off today. I want to challenge us today as a church, whether you're in the building today or whether you're online. And I don't know about you, but as I listen to that lady's story, I hear somebody who's living as a model Christian, somebody who endures under great trial. Somebody who has something to endure. Not just we've ran out of coffee in the morning. Oh dear, ran out of coffee. What am I going to do? <laughs> Big problem. I'm not. I'm not trying to be flippant. Honest. I'm just trying to make a joke. But um, we need to grasp the seriousness of what we're talking about. That the prophetic words which God has spoken over this church can only be fulfilled as we are prepared to yield to Him, to surrender our lives to Him as a congregation. It's only as we will be yielded to Him that He can accomplish the things which He has said. And God wants to do new things in His church. God wants to do a new thing in your life. God wants to show you things that will bring correction, that will bring adjustment to your life, that will alter your direction that you're going in life in order that you might come into the path and into the way that he wants you to to walk. And he's inviting you to walk in that way and he's giving you the resources that you need. He wants to reveal himself to you through his word, through his spirit being actively involved, through that conviction that he wants to bring in your life to get you adjusted and to get you onto the right track. And so, Father, I pray 
that you would take your word today and, Father, that you would lead us and guide us and correct us. But also, Father, we know that you encourage us and you comfort us and you set us on the right path. Lord, may we hear your voice within our spirits as individuals in this place today. Father, as the congregation of this church, whether gathered online or in person, Father, we pray, may we hear your voice deep within us. And Lord, we surrender to what you say. We will surrender to what you say. And so, Father, lead us and guide us. Father, may we go from this place today encouraged, Lord, that you are able to do the things which you ask us to do. Father, as I prayed earlier, may there be a reviving of the call that you've put in our lives. Father, some of us, we've had prophetic words in the past, but we have forgotten all about them. Father, help us to take them out, to read them, to meditate on them, to pray through them. Father, to allow you to speak afresh that, Father, we might become the people you want us to be, that we might rise up into the calling which you have placed on our lives. And maybe for some today, you've never made that decision to follow Jesus. You've never made that decision to invite him into your, into your life, to take over your life, to become the person who steers and directs, the person who's in the driving seat, as it were. You've never made that decision. You've heard the message time and time again. You've become familiar with the message. You could almost preach the message, but you've never surrendered to the message. The message is a person. The message is Jesus. And the message is Jesus as he lives in us. And I ask you, invite you, encourage you to take that step to surrender yourself to him today. I'm going to pray a prayer. Pray this prayer after me. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, if you've never surrendered to him, then you pray this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for my sins. I thank you that he comes to make me clean, to make me whole, to give me a new start, to lead me on the right path. And so I invite you in. I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you make me clean and make me whole and lead me into the life which you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, then come and let us know. If you're online and you've prayed that prayer, let us know and we just want to encourage you and pray with you and lead you on into the things that God has for you. May the Lord bless you. May you have a fantastic, hopefully restful Sunday. Hopefully the sun will come out and brighten us all up. But the Lord bless you and your family and may you know God's presence in your life this week in Jesus' name. Amen.